0: In today's episode of Locked On Pistons Podcast, we'll be talking about J.J. Reddick and what he had to say about the Detroit Pistons on his latest episode of The Old Man and the Three Things. Go check it out. I'll link that below. But what did J.J. Reddick have to say about Jalen Durant, the double big experiment this past season? What to expect from the team moving forward this season? We'll talk about everything he talked about in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons Podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons Podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for being Locked On Pistons. Your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't ready, head to the YouTube channel at Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. We're on our road to 10,000 subscribers by the end of this upcoming NBA season. So if you haven't ready, please hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. Or you can leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. You will hear more about them later in the episode. Today we're going to be talking about, obviously, we'll start off with what J.J. Reddick had to say about the Detroit Pistons on his podcast recently. We'll talk about should the Pistons have any interest in Buddy Hill after they were unable to come to a contract extension in Indiana. Should the Pistons be interested in him? Um, and then also, later on the podcast, we'll have to say goodbye to a Pistons legend. But until then, uh, let's go ahead and talk about what J.J. Reddick said about the Detroit Pistons on his podcast. So, if you've been listening to this podcast for a minute, you will know that I'm a big fan of J.J. Redick. I think he is probably the best analyst out there in the NBA, um, him and Tim Legler. There's not many good analysts out there in the NBA that actually know what they're talking about, that watch all the games and don't try to speak on things that they don't watch, that use analytics, that use numbers that go with the eye test. I think JJ Redick is absolutely fantastic, and it helps the fact that he's a former player who has these experiences and can share these stories. And I think JJ Redick's fantastic. So anytime he speaks, especially about the Pistons, I listen. I learn a lot when I listen to JJ Redick. So I encourage all you guys to go listen to his podcast and follow him. But on his last podcast, him and his co-host Tommy Alter, they talked about the Detroit Pistons. They were talking about three guys that they expect to see breakout seasons from this upcoming season, and one of the picks was a Piston player. Now, I have the clip for you. Um, and in this clip, you're not going to just hear about that one player that they decided, that they picked from the Pistons. You're going to hear a little bit of some other stuff about the Pistons. They talked about them for about four minutes, but this is just a quick 40-second clip, and that's what we'll be talking about. So let me go ahead and put my headphones on so I can listen to this with you guys. And let's see what it was that J.J. Reddick had to say about the Pistons. Number one, my comment about NBA Twitter and fan bases, I think Detroit yes. Pistons have a remarkably, remarkably solid NBA Twitter presence, yes. and they're definitely talking about this guy. Yep. Uh, secondly, I'm, you got to start him. I, like last year, I don't get the Wiseman Bagley thing. I don't. I, I under. I do get it to to a degree. Let's see what we've got here. Yeah. Uh, Jalen duran is a better player than both those guys. Jalen duran needs to start. You need to see how much he can handle as a starter. He needs to play 30 to 32 minutes a game. Like He's a better player than both those guys. All right, so let me go ahead and take my headphones back off because when I have those headphones on, my voice echoes, and I don't like that at all. So let me go ahead and take those headphones off. Um, So first of all, like I said, during that podcast, that wasn't the only thing they talked about with um, the Detroit Pistons. So if you want to see the full episodes over on his YouTube um, it starts around the six minute uh, point of that episode. Uh, you guys can go check out the full thoughts that they had about Jalen Duran, which was the player they picked, or his co-host Tommy picked um, in breakout players this season, Jalen Duran. Um, but JJ Reddick kind of dove into um, some of the issues that someone like myself had with the Pistons this past season, with what they're doing with the double big experiment. So, just I, I just want to touch quickly on what he he mentioned with that. Now, I don't think we're going to see the double bigs this year. At least we shouldn't. I don't think we're going to see it. But for, throughout the end of last season, I talked about it nonstop, how it was worthless. It was, it was wasting people's time. It was hurting people, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of people were just like, no, who cares, blah, blah, you know. You see what you have in Jalen Duran. You need to see what you have in these other guys. But it never made sense. And it never worked, and it hurt people. It hurt the players on the floor. And J.J. Redick, I'm happy to hear J.J. Redick echo those exact thoughts because that's exactly how I felt this past season. It made no sense. And Jalen Dern's not like a five-year player where you already know exactly what he is. You don't actually know what Jalen Duran is. He's a 19-year-old rookie who didn't get to play the entire season. didn't get to start the entire season. So it's not like you already know exactly what Jalen Duran is and he doesn't need reps. He does. So it never made sense to me. That's the first thing. Double big thing made absolutely no sense. But I know, he, like he mentioned at the end of, the, his, of that clip, Jalen Dern needs to be starting. He needs to be playing 30-plus minutes, all that stuff, yada, yada, yada. Now, that is nothing that Pistons fans should be of concerned about. Jalen Dern's going to start. Jalen Dern's going to play a lot, I assume, unless he's going to have foul trouble, which a lot of young big men do struggle with foul trouble. So, we're going to be shocked if that holds him out a little bit of some games. Um, but I think everyone in the Pistons fan base, everyone in the Pistons community, everyone that covers the team, we all know... Jalen is going to be starting. He's going to be playing a lot of minutes. Now, those outside of Detroit, I mean, if you just listened to our last episode crossover with Locked on Knicks, even the Knicks guy was like, hey, what's going on with the big stuff? Because Jalen Duren's great. Are they going to be, like, sacrificing some of his minutes for Wiseman? Or So, it's not just, you know, some of the concerns of the fan base this past season. People outside of Detroit are looking at it, and they're like, oh, I, I hope they don't try to screw up Jalen Duren." So, I think that's something that, like I said, I think a lot of people outside of Detroit are a little concerned about that. Anyone that's outside of Detroit that happens to listen to this podcast, it's not something to be worried about. It was stupid this past season. I will say that I don't think it was very smart to do that past season. Even at the end of the year, I don't see what benefit it served anyone. It was awful. Um, So while I do agree it was stupid and, and, and not very smart to do this past season, I felt like. It's not something they're going to do moving forward. I don't see Jalen Duren's minutes getting hurt by it. I don't feel like Jalen Duren's development is going to get hurt by it. That, that's There's nothing to be concerned about at all um, when it comes to that. Um, but I also want to talk about just Jalen Duren himself in that you've heard, again, if you have listened to the podcast all summer, you will know that I have said multiple times, and I guess it's been a little, I will not say it's a hot take, but it's, I wouldn't say it's the popular one either I think Jalen Durant may end up being the second best player on this team, not only just this season, but long-term, right next to Cade, instead of Jalen Ivey. And it's not because I'm low on Jalen Ivey. It's because I think Jalen Durant is just that good. So seeing the fact that he was obviously invited to the USA team, and he played really well, or for the select team, I should say, and played really well in the training camp we heard with Cade, we see guys like J.J. Reddick talking about how impressive Jalen Durant is and how much they want to see from him. When you get that kind of kind of acknowledgement as a player in Jalen Durin, and you hear people talking about Jalen Duran like this, it just makes me feel even more strongly about how I feel about Jalen Durin. That Jalen Duren could be like a mini Dwight with some passing skills. That Jalen Duren is a freak athlete with high feel, with high processing. And while he's not there defensively yet, I feel like his potential defensively should be through the roof. And especially because he's gonna be that pick and roll partner with Cade Cunningham. I think he may just have a monster season because we know how Cade loves to work with pick-and-roll lob threats. We saw what happened the first half of his rookie year when he didn't have a lob threat, and then the second half of the year when he had a lob threat and Marvin Bagley. And like J.J. Redick said, Jalen Duren already is a much better player than Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman. So I think Cade's going to make Jalen Duren better this year. I think Jalen Duren will make Cade better. And I think that duo is just going to be the Pistons' you know, dynamic duo long-term. And I think Jalen Dern is going to be their second best player this year and long-term. I'm really high in Jalen Dern. I think he's going to be really, really good. He needs to develop defensively. I think that's the area he has to take the step forward the most because he's going to need to be the defensive anchor of this team for them to really reach the heights that they'd like to get to, obviously, and to really take that next step. It starts with him defensively. But I think he's going to do that. I think he's going to take those steps. I think he'll eventually be there. I think he's going to be great. I think he's gonna be a perennial All Star. Like I, 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 feel very, very good about Jalen Duren. I think he's fantastic. So it was cool to see Jalen Duren get some talk on JJVX podcast, and it also felt cool for me, someone who was very vocal against the double big experiment, even if it was just an end of the season experiment, kind of get criticized because that I was one of those guys. And it wasn't very receptive. I wouldn't say it was the most receptive thing when I was saying it. Um, and now that's, I, I feel like everyone that talks about the Pistons naturally now have brought up how the double big stuff just didn't make sense. So it was a good segment. They talked more about the Pistons. They talked about some other stuff with Jalen Dern and just the future of the team with Cage coming back. Again, I'll link that episode down below. You guys want to go look them up on YouTube, the old man and the three. Just look up JJ Redick. It starts around, I believe, the 6 minute and 26 second mark. Um, You guys will have like the next three minutes of the Detroit Pistons talk. So also, I, I almost forgot to bring this up. Thank you, JJ, for giving shout outs to how active Pistons Twitter is. JJ often responds to me. I'll tweet him questions or ask him some stuff about the Pistons. I want give him thought, his thoughts. And he's a really cool dude. He always he usually responds and shares his thoughts. So he's been very cool with, with me on Twitter. Not like I, I have a relationship with him or something, but like he responds to fans when they ask him questions. He's a really cool dude. Uh, really good with his coverage. Knows what he's talking about, obviously. Um, so, And he's very active on in, in NBA Twitter, too. So he knows what he's talking about. So the fact he shot out the Pistons fan base um, was really cool to see. Cause I'm sure people outside Detroit don't really expect, probably don't expect the Pistons to have a, as live of a fan base as they do. So thank you, JJ, for shouting us out. But let me know what you guys think about what JJ Redick said um, in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kookahill. When we come back, should the Pistons be interested in Buddy Healed? We'll talk about that when we come back. Um, I don't want to sp- – actually, you know what? I was going to say something, but I don't want to spoil that topic. So just stay tuned for it when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Jace Medical. Everyone should feel confident to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. With Jace Medical's Jace case, you get five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And all you have to do is fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. It's doctor-created and doctor-recommended. Here's a review from a Jace customer named Frank. Quote, I received our package the same day I got a sinus infection and my doctor was out of town. No appointments for days. Thank goodness it arrived. In 2023, with pandemics, shortages, storms, you should be prepared for anything. Jace Medical is simple. You go online, fill out a form, and then you get the prescription life-saving medications right at your door. The Jace case gives you that peace of mind in case of an emergency. So save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off again at jacemedical.com. So, I want to thank you guys again for making Locked on Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked on Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review. on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, that's another great way to support the podcast. So, in trade rumors, obviously, with train camp coming around the corner, you're hearing more and more about potential trades that maybe should have happened earlier in the offseason it's starting to heat up. You're obviously hearing more about Damian Lillard now. Um, we talked about Damian Lillard last week on the podcast, how the Pistons could potentially be involved in it, how the Pistons are sizing themselves up for a potential trade for a star down the line. Maybe it's not Dame, but obviously they're in a position where they could do something long-term or down the line uh, when it comes to trading for a star. Um, but another name that's surfaced up in trade talks is Buddy Healed. And the reason why Buddy Heald, who plays for the Indiana Pacers, um, the reason why he's being shopped around, and his name's coming up in trade rumors, is because him and the Pacers were not able to come to an agreement on an extension, so they are now shopping him and he would like to leave Indiana. And I'm assuming, actually, I don't want to assume that. I was going to say I assume that he would, that whatever team he'd get traded to, he'd like to get an extension with. I mean, that's that would be an assumption I have. It may be incorrect, though. Um... But yeah, they weren't able to come to an agreement on an extension, and now he would like to be moved. And now he seems to be a hot topic amongst NBA fans because Buddy Heald, while he's not a very good defender, he quite literally is one of the best shooters we've seen. Um, He does shoot a lot. (laughs) He shoots a lot of threes. um, And he takes a lot of tough ones. Sometimes he takes some threes, maybe he shouldn't. But nonetheless, he shoots 40% from three on his career on 7.7 attempts in this past season for Indiana in 80 games, also... Incredible Iron Man. Doesn't miss many games at all. The last few seasons, 80 games played, 81 games played, 71, 72, 82, 80, 82. Doesn't miss very many games. An Iron Man type of player. Shows up, puts in the work. Um, This past season, he shot 42.5% from three on eight and a half attempts a game. So, should the Pistons be interested in going after Buddy Heald? It kind of sucks. I'm not going to lie. So, before the Pistons made all these other moves, but if, like, let's say at the beginning of the offseason, it was said, hey, Buddy Heels on the market. Um, we're trying to trade him. Who wants him? At that point, you would have seen me come on the podcast and say, yeah, the Pistons should be interested in Buddy heals He would be a good addition to this team. He feels kind of what they need. He would be a good addition. I, w- I would have been all for it. But now, after what they've done this, this offseason – I just don't see how exactly they'd be able to go after him. So before we go even further into that, let me tell you, he has a, he has one year left on his contract. This is his final year. He's an expiring contract at $18.5 million. So hypothetically, if you were to trade for him, doesn't mean you're stuck. Like you can't trade him again at the deadline. Like he, this is a tradable contract. He's a tradable player. So I wouldn't be shocked about whatever team ends up trading for him uh, before the season. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets flipped again at the deadline for some assets. That's, Definitely on the table. That's definitely something that could possibly happen, especially if he doesn't come to an agreement with an extension with whatever team initially trades for him. So because of his flex, because he's an expiring, and because he's actually a good player that could help a contender, if like a team like the Pistons were to have traded for him, he's a player that could have been also traded again at the deadline by the Pistons for assets, much like how we discussed with Boyan this past season. Now they didn't end up doing that with Boyan, but much like I discussed that they could have done with Boyan, like I would have done with Boyan. But just like it's kind of like that same situation. An expiring contract. You can still flip him again because he's on a team friendly deal, etc., etc. etc. So that's the, the contract he's dealing with. Um I want to pull up his synergy chart for you guys. Um it's Buddy Healed the player, I would love on the Pistons. I would love to have Buddy hill on the Pistons because they desperately need shooting and not just like this is the thing. When people talk about shooting, I see a lot of fans talk about shooting. Yes, shooting. If you just want to generalize it and say, yeah, you need shooting, but the Pistons need versatile type of sh- shooting. They need some guys that not just are, that aren't just catch and shoot corner three guys. They need some guys that really provide some 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 gravity when it comes to shooting the ball from deep. Guys that can shoot off the dribble from beyond the arc. Guys that can come off off ball screens and pull up running on the off-ball screen and pull up immediately and hit a three. A guy who can come off staggered screens and who shoot a three. A guy who can maybe run some inverted pick-and-roll and run a pick-and-pop three with them. A guy who can just catch and shoot also. the Pistons need a guy like that because they haven't had one of those. They've had guys that maybe you were okay with them catch and shoot shooting, like Jane Ivy this past year. He was good on open catch and shoot threes, but he wasn't very good in his rookie year with anything else. And if they don't have a guy that's just good at catch and shoot threes, the dude probably just can't shoot. Like, that's usually the in-between. You got, like, someone like Isaiah Stewart, who's not providing much gravity at all, who is developing as a shooter, but even if he were to hit what people would like him to be, which would probably be, like, a 35% three-point shooter, he's not providing crazy gravity with that because it's all going to come from, what, like, corner spot threes or, or a, a random pick-and-pop every now and then. It's not like he's providing crazy uh, gravity with that. And it's not like teams are going to be terrified of that. The pisses just don't have guys that create that kind of gravity. Buddy Heald has would, would provide crazy gravity when it comes to that. All jump shots, 94th percentile. Catch and shoot threes, 88th percentile. Dribble pull-up shots, 94 first percentile. On dribble pull-up threes, this dude shot 44% on dribble pull-up threes. Again, I'm going to say it again. He shot 44% on dribble pull-up threes. He's one of the best shooters we've ever seen. Like, no joke. He's probably not going to get mentioned, like, when he retires as one of those. But he is. He's one of the best shooters we've seen. He's definitely one of the best shooters in the NBA. Um, Coming off handoffs, sixty-six percentile. Let's look at what he shot on handoff for threes. So, coming off handoffs, when he shot a three, he shot 42%. In transition, he shot 45% from three. He shot 46.7% on spot-up threes. That's the pick and roll ball handler. He shot 45.5% on threes. Like, this is a, he just shoots the ball in every which way possible. If it's pull up threes, off ball screen threes, catch and shoot threes, movement threes, he can spark it. The problem is, like we're going to circle around and end at this point, though, is that while I think his value isn't crazy high, if the Pistons wanted to go after him, I think they probably could get him if they wanted to. I think he's a guy that you can trade for. He's not on a crazy contract. Would have made sense at the beginning of this season, uh, this off season, but after drafting Marcus Sasser, keeping Alec Burks, which they probably would move Alec Burks. Like, if this was the beginning of the off season, I would be assuming that they would be. It, it, this would have been a move I feel like you make if you're wanting Killian Hayes as your backup point guard at the beginning of the off season, because then you probably would have been trading Alec Burks for Buddy Hill. Like, that's probably that's what my mind goes to. If you were going to be trading for Buddy Hill, you're probably trading Alec Burks. But at this point in the off season, like I'm saying, you drafted Marcus Sasser. You kept Alec Burks. You got Caden, Jane, Ivy. That's four guards. And then you went out and traded for Monty Morris. So I, it's it's tough to see how the Pistons could even fit him in the lineup Um, if they wanted him. I mean, technically, if they really wanted to, they could trade Alec Burks and Monty Morris for him. Like if that was something that they wanted to do, they, they could do that. I don't think that's a, I don't know if that's an even trade. But like, it's not like it's impossible to do. If they really wanted him, they could go do it. I just don't think that it's that big of a want for the Pistons now as compared to what it could have been at the beginning of the offseason. He maybe could play some three, but even at the three position now, the Pistons got Boyan, Livers, Asar, Joe Harris, like all these dudes. And I know some of those dudes may play some minutes at the four, but like those dudes are all playing for three uh, minutes at the three as well. So, again, if the Pistons really wanted them, could they trade some of the guys right now and get them? Yeah, I think so. I just don't think that's probably what they want to do now. If this was the beginning of the offseason, I would have wanted Buddy Hill very badly. I think he would have been great for the Pistons. I think he is exactly the type of player they would have wanted. Doesn't solve some of the defensive things, but when I tell you he would solve some spacing stuff, you guys would have loved him. (laughs) Like, you guys would have loved him. K definitely would have loved playing with him. I'll tell you that much. Um, But, yeah, I don't think Buddy Hill is an option for the Pistons now, though. So, kind of sucks because I think he would have been a good fit, but... Is what it is. Do you guys think Buddy Hill would have been a good fit with the Pistons? Do you guys think they should have went for him at the beginning of the offseason? Heck, do you guys think that even now, even after all the moves they've made, they still should be interested in him? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Hill. When we come back, we got to say goodbye. We got to say goodbye to a Pistons legend. I'll tell you guys who we're talking about when we come back. But first, you guys got to hear from some of our lovely sponsors. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review. On whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, that's another great way to support the podcast. It's a sad day. Sad day for Pistons fans. Sad day for those who cover the Pistons. Sad day for the Pistons community. A Pistons legend has moved on. They've moved on to... A better world. Rodney Magruder has left the Pistons. He has signed with the Golden State Warriors. A Pistons lesson. The Pistons Udonis Haslam, some may call him, is gone. He is no more. Let the number 17 hang up in the rafters. Pour one up for good old Rodney. His time in Detroit will be remembered forever, and he will always be remembered as the man who was supposed to be R. U. Udonis Haslam, supposed to retire in, in Detroit. Some called him McGriddle. He is no more in Detroit. He is now in Golden State. Let's get a moment of silence for Rodney's time in Detroit. thank you moving on from that though golden state he signed with golden state you know how hilarious that is do you understand how hilarious that is do we not remember like 2 3 years ago during the the covid season what clay said about him after a game in golden state calling him a bum say he's going to be out the league soon that's why he's trying to fight people you saw what draymond said after the game that game making fun of his name rodney Rodney, you guys remember that? And now two or three years later, he signs with Golden State? You know how hilarious that is? That is absolutely hilarious. Like, I know I'm not, like, rolling over, slapping my knee right now. But when I got the notification on my phone, I'll tell you this much. I got a little bit of a chuckle on my face. I, I had a little bit of a smirk. I let out a little bit of a laugh, I'll tell you that much. That is crazy. I can't believe he actually signed in Golden State. Can't believe it. I want to know what, how Clay and, and Draymond feel. I wonder if Draymond's going to talk about this on his podcast. Like, someone needs to ask Draymond. Yo, Rodney, Rodney's on the team. How do you feel about that? I know Clay, is like, this whole offseason has kind of been, like, on a on like a, uh, forgiveness tour. Like, he's been asking for forgiveness for a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, He said he was sorry to Devin Booker for talking trash to him. Like, so who knows? Maybe maybe Golden State is turned into the land of the forgiving. and And, and they forget about things now. I mean, they shipped off Jordan Poole after he got punched, so I don't know if it's like... Let me stop. Let me stop. But yeah, it's, it's it's a sad day for Pistons fans. It's a sad day for the Pistons community. As we say goodbye to a Pistons legend, his number, his name, will not only hang in the rafters of Pistons Twitter in the Pistons fan base, but his name... And, and while the jump shot was wet, the jump shot was wet, it was broken. And I tell you this much, there will not be a game that goes by where my elbow hurts. Thinking about Ronnie Magruder's shot. Because, man, every time he shot the ball, my elbow... Even just thinking about it, it it hurt. I don't know how he shot like that. I don't know how he doesn't have a broken arm the way he shoots. But, hey, that that blood, it was wet. I'll tell you that much. It was wet. And that jumper will be missed. It will be missed. It was ugly. But it went in. It will be missed. Salute to Rodney. Good luck in Golden State. That's all I've got for you guys today. Go ahead and share your thoughts and and, and say your goodbyes to Rodney, a Piston's legend, in the comment section down below. Or go ahead and tweet at him. Let him know. He will be missed. His veteran presence in the locker room as well. Him and Kojo left for Golden State. Maybe they have a thing for Pistons vets. Who knows? Give it up for them. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review Whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And until next time. I'll see you guys later. Stay safe out there. Pistons basketball is soon. Just over 10 days away. I'll see you guys then. Till next time. Peace out.